you got to realize like I'm hitting my numbers with around a thousand paying fans. So ultimately, yeah, followers and all that helps, but it's how you monetize the fan base that you have or the audience that you have. Welcome back to On The Horizon. This is Melrose Michaels. I am your host and I'm here to share what's worked for me in building my adult creator business to try to make building yours just a little bit easier. Let's get into today's episode. Ready to dive into an electrifying conversation with a true industry maverick. Today, you're going to meet the luminary who not only conquered the adult entertainment world, but transcended boundaries to become a multi-dimensional success story. Someone who shatters the norms and has proven that limitless potential knows no gender. Our guest's journey is a beacon of inspiration, offering insights that are essential for all aspiring entrepreneurs, regardless of their background. This episode is going to be an absolute game changer that you won't want to miss. I want to take this opportunity to draw your attention and introduce all of you listening to my other company, SWR Data, in case you're not yet familiar. SWR Data is on a mission to survey adult creators like you. We want to hear your feedback about the challenges you face and how the adult industry can better serve your needs. Our goal is to collect your experiences, opinions, and observations about the current state of the adult industry. We'll use this data to advocate for necessary changes to make it a better place for us, the creators. The reality is a lot of people in power have never been creators and they simply don't have the lens to know what our needs are. SWR Data is that lens. However, I can't do this alone. I genuinely need your help. So for that reason, we're inviting any creator who's willing to participate in our qualifying survey, which helps us understand your expertise as an adult creator. By taking the survey, you can then start participating in future paid surveys. Our ultimate aim is for the CEO squad to have an additional income stream through SWR surveys alone. Your experience as a creator is valuable and I think it's about time you got paid for it. This is a collective effort, so if you're interested in participating and getting paid for future surveys, comment to let us know you're interested and we will DM you the qualifying survey link so you can join us on this mission. With all of that being said, let's get into today's episode. So today we are being joined by Ricky Johnson, a wildly successful contract performer for Brazzers, who's taken the adult creator career to the next level by building an entire empire around it. Ricky is a producer and a director for Reality Kings, an agent for Hussy Models, and owns Ricky's Room and Ricky's Resort. If there is anyone qualified to talk about navigating the adult industry as a male creator, it is Ricky Johnson. And he also so happens to be a very kind, grounded, genuine human being. So welcome, Ricky Johnson, to the space. Hello, thank you for the kind words. I really appreciate it. And uh, we, uh, thank you for having me on this platform. It's really cool. It's a good uh, way to be able to talk to folks and just, you know, get more information out there. Absolutely. So if we can start this, my um, question, I'm sure a lot of male creators listening, because we get questions about, you know, how to become a part of the industry all the time. Could you tell us how you originally got into the adult industry? Well, I'm, I'm an old geezer. So about nine years ago, uh, I was in college with my uh, teammates. I was running track and I was had like an epiphany. I actually, funny story, I got scammed by some people with some speakers, long story short, and I didn't have rent. I was like, dang, I need to do something. And so I kind of thought about porn. 
And a lot of my friends were like, yeah, no, I, I can see that based on just like, you know, how I was as a person. And um, I looked up, researched there for like six months in like study hall. And I just made sure it's something I, was, I, I would be passionate about. I, I had my roommates take pictures of me and I sent them out to uh, three different agencies. And two of them hit me back and had a, like a long conversation with OC Modeling. And she was uh, a woman, so it was like a female presence. And I figured she would like care about my career a little bit more than the other guys would. And so I chose OC modeling, and then that's just how I got in the industry. It was fairly simple. It's just a matter of like wow. staying in the industry. That's that's the hard part. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, before we speak to staying in the industry, because that actually that's a very meaningful topic, I want to ask you: What do you think male creators should know before entering the adult industry? Um. Well, I see. I didn't get into the adult industry. Like, I mean, I'm a horny guy, like having sex, but the whole basis of getting industry wasn't like to get laid. It, the, I saw like a you know a place for people who can like be themselves and who are like sexy, you know, like people, maybe people who have had like things happen to them, but they're able to take control of their own sex. And there's like, there's money in that as well. And you can just be yourself. And it's like a brutal sport where you can have your own fan base and just, you know, live with that and have a, a great journey with that. And this is like a community. So it's a community that I felt like, you know, deserves a lot of love and I saw potential and as I was in the industry more, I saw some success with it. And so now I'm at a point where, like, you know, I think more success can be made and people can understand that you don't necessarily have, to have like a large following, that everyone has like a fan, like, you know, one fan is still one fan and that goes a long way. So, yeah, absolutely. To that point, like, one of the things I get asked about a lot is because I'm not the biggest creator, like, I'm 50K ish on Twitter, I'm, you know, 300K ish on Instagram, heavily shadow banned. And a lot of the creators that reach out to me are like, well, if I don't have, you know, 10,000 subscribers on OnlyFans or if I don't have X amount of fans on this platform, like I'll never make that much. And I'm like, you got to realize like I'm hitting my numbers with around a thousand paying fans. So ultimately, yeah, followers and all that helps. But it's how you monetize the fan base that you have or the audience that you have. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, followers don't always equal dollars. Even the people and creators you see that have like, you know, hundreds and thousands, that doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, that's being utilized properly. So absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned getting into the industry is one thing, but staying in the industry is another. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I feel like, um, you know, if you have a big dick or if you look good. And, you know, from society standpoint, you can get in the industry. It's just a matter of being able to stay because there's more to it than just having a big dick or looking good or being able to perform. It's because um, you're you're having sex with different people and, you know, word of mouth gets around. And I've seen a lot of people who have big dicks or good looking people, but they still got like blacklisted and got out the industry. Rightfully so, because, you know, they're dickheads. And it's yeah. uh it's more to it because, you know, you're exchanging energy with someone, you're having sex with someone. And if you're like, you're an asshole. I don't think you're going to get around two. And then let's say you go around the block and you have sex with those people, but then you don't get around two. No one wants to have sex with you again because you're a dickhead. That's kind of where your career is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. If you had to attribute one thing from you just having longevity in this industry, what what would that one thing be, do you think? I would think reading the room. Um, I pride myself because I'm a pleasure seeker. So part of me, like, you know, my goal whenever I perform with someone is to make sure like they have an orgasm or at least have a good time and be comfortable. So that also causes reading room because like my comfort isn't necessarily everybody else's comfort. And I think people sometimes need to be able to look within and like just because you're comfortable doesn't mean someone else is comfortable. And it's just, uh, you know, the art of pleasing someone. Absolutely. I love that. And I, I've got that vibe from you too. So like for backstory, 
I met Ricky uh, at the conventions in Expos Amsterdam, and then we were both at Prague together. Um, I didn't see you in Ibiza, but ultimately, like, my impression of you is, like, you are the most, um, like, aware and conscious person. Like, you're very in tune with how everyone else is feeling and making everyone else comfortable, and that is outside of a porn set or outside of a film set setting. So, like, to see how you prioritize that bringing it into your work makes total sense because that's the energy you give off in a room regardless. Yeah, I want everybody to win. I want everybody to be comfortable because I just know what it's like to be uncomfortable all the time. And like yeah. in general, in porn, like everybody knows how to have sex. It's like a genuine common thing amongst humans, but it's the whole nature of having sex in front of other people and being able to be yourself in front of other people. Like a lot of times uh, performers are really good at one on one set and they might go to another set and always have like a you know, tough day and it might be harder than other days. And it's just because they're comfortable in one place and not comfortable in another. If you're enjoying this podcast episode so far, please take one moment to share it with another one of your adult content creator friends, because you know what the rule is here. We do not gatekeep and we want to make as many adult creators businesses as easy as possible. And you sharing this episode with them might do exactly that. Thanks so much in advance. So I'm curious from, you know, for Sex Exceo and all the stuff we put out, obviously I'm pretty limited because I'm speaking from just my own lens. And we've spoken about this, how I want to really make an effort this year to broaden the lens and have other people from, you know, all all areas and expertise and lenses come on to Sex Exceo and, and have this platform to speak to others who I can't help because I just don't live in those experiences. Um, so I'm really curious from your experience and your perspective, what has been the most challenging part of your journey with the adult industry? I would say um, in the beginning of my career, it was like uh, finding the niche that I was going to be put in because porn is very black and white. And as a, yeah. um, a black male creator, like I'm not dark skinned. And that's kind of the niche that at the time was very heavily like, you know, there's a look. And then so um, for me, it was like, you know, build like focus on my brand, you know, focus on the Ricky Johnson part where it's like, uh, let's say it's uh, Mel Rose is working with uh, Big Black Cock or something like that. I wanted to be like Mel Rose is working with Ricky Johnson. So to give like, like a brand, I just had to work on me. And um, yeah. and I've seen that, I've seen some performers who uh, may have done the mainstream route early in their career and it didn't work out for them, but then they built their own personal brand and they were able to go back in the mainstream and like hit it off like wildly successful. Cause at that point they're fully comfortable. They found their their own selves, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the brand, I mean, that's what really is important and necessary to have longevity, I think, in business just in general, because that's where you can charge premium pricing and when you can kind of set your own uh, stakes for things. So I, I do that. The fact that you brought that up is super important. I, I wonder, is there any or has there ever been a time that you thought about quitting adult? Like, has there ever been an obstacle where you're like, man, I maybe this isn't it for me? No, but I mean, I have had things where I would consider like, you know, my worst scenes. Like there's, oh, they don't have probably over a thousand scenes, but there's three that were my worst scenes ever. And like, you know, there's a feeling you feel after you have a scene that's just like, ah, where you're just like, man, I feel like the lowest I can possibly ever feel. And it's not until you like, you know, work again or have a uh, just another day that you feel better. But yeah, in those yeah. moments, it's just a matter of just like, you know, it's just like a, a life trial. If something happens, it's, you know, do you used to quit or do you keep going type of situation? If there's creators listening in right now that are on the fence about quitting, is there like something you'd, you'd say to them? I would say keep going. I mean, like it's, it's all about what your passion is. A lot, even as you are a point star, you may not feel like a point star with like, you know, notoriety and stuff like that. But it's still few, far people who like, you know, put themselves on camera 
and it's very vulnerable, like, you know, position to put yourself in. Uh, so I can say, don't give up, you know? Um, and you know what you want as a person. If you really, really want something, keep going. I think it's it's worth to live a life with regret and don't tiptoe if you're either going to do it or don't do it. Just give it your full all and just see what happens. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. So for a lot of male performers, I know that navigating kind of how to do collabs or how to do trade work in terms of content can be really, really difficult. How were you able to start collabing with other creators for your own platforms like OnlyFans or, or, or Ricky's Room in the studios, etc.? Yeah. So I had the privilege of producing for um, Reality Kings and Browser and being in industry for a solid amount of time. And then the porn world kind of turned to like more of a content world post COVID. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my colleagues were already in the stands. So I'm like, oh, let's all shoot content. And so it was very like, you know, like easy traverse to just shoot a bunch of content with people who I've already worked with because we already built a solid rapport. And um, a lot of times I work with new people as well who I've never met before. But those are sometimes just like an interesting feeling because if you take on a personality or energy of someone, like you have no idea. But it's just a matter, I would say, of maybe if you were like going on a date and, you know, how you would treat that person and it goes a long way. And the thing is, people have to understand you can go on a date and you both be two great people, but it just not work out. And that's okay. And so that just something that needs to be understood. So, yeah. If, if creators are come or yeah, if creators have never done mainstream and they don't have that kind of like, library or body of work behind them to support that they're like legitimate and that they're serious and they're they're actual performers and they're like maybe just starting with an OnlyFans or just starting with their own independent platform and they have to reach out and, and ask for collabs with other performers. I think that a lot of male creators are like, I don't want to come off wrong or make someone uncomfortable or, you know, those sorts of things. Is there any advice you give those creators on how to approach collab work if they don't have that massive body of work behind them? Yeah, I would say uh, approach your game on, on that dating uh, thing type of uh, mentality. I've also, I haven't done online dating, so I don't know what the approach is there. But if I did, I would just like, you know, a lot of times I see, I would go based off what I know is like not the route to go. Because I've seen a lot of guys who like, you know, quadruple, five times text if the person doesn't respond after like once, twice. And I think, you know, take it as an L and move on. I think the best way if you know cold calling is not the best route in my opinion maybe but you can also there's network you know there's a lot of events in the industry there's x3 coming up and um avn and there are like exoticas and just walking around and meeting people can be a way to like you know find someone and go from there and then reading the room in those situations and it just takes one and if you have your own personal content partner like it might be a slow grind that's the thing i think a lot of people go for like that quick i want to make it like immediately, but to build a brand takes an extremely long time. And like, I'm, I'm pretty sure if people are doing this gig as a career, so you gotta treat it like a career. So like, even even if you're like a basketball player, you like for one year score like 30 points a game, it's gonna take the consistency of doing that more than one year to truly be noticed from like society as a whole. And that's the same thing with the industry, I believe, is that a lot of times as a mobile performer, you wanna get that quick in, but it takes time and consistency. Because you look at the resume of someone you're working with, if, if a female a woman is working with a guy, she sees, uh, like, you know, he's consistent. And, you know, I think that adds to the character of them working with you and word of mouth. So, yeah, yeah. I like that you mentioned brand again, because it when you do have your name and you have your brand to support you, it it comes along if you've built it right. And if you've done the right things throughout your career and over a long enough time horizon, you have strength in your name and in your reputation and in the body of work you've done and all of that. And those things make, you know, future collabs 
easier. So like the more of that you have behind you, I feel like the more simple it is to move forward with other creators and other collaborations and also work with companies because they know your brand and they trust it and it comes with all of these things baked in. So I love that. Brand is such a powerful thing. What do you think has made you uh, individually successful as a, as a bail performer? Um, I think consistency. And I think um, I really do have the mentality of just like not eating alone and just like just want everybody to win. So like I'm not really out here for like any hidden agenda. I'm also like I want everybody to unite type of thing. So I think that gets my help. So. Yeah. Genuine. Yeah. That's what uh, drew me to you, too, because when we first had our first conversations, it was like, how can we help each other? How can we collaborate? What can we do? How can I benefit you? And that's the same approach I try to take with any kind of collaboration I enter into, too. And it made you stand out to me because I was like, well, this person wants to grow. I want to grow with him. Like, how can we make something beneficial out of this set for everyone? Let's grow together, baby. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, Okay, so next question. This one uh, I'm curious about. Is there anything that you look back on and think, if I had done this one thing differently, I probably would have found success sooner. Honestly, you know, I believe everything happens to reason and all that, but I would have probably started focusing on my brand a little sooner. Cause I feel like my career didn't really jump off as much as it did until I started shooting stuff for like my own personal brand. Yeah. I mean, it definitely helped that I was with uh, the companies that I was with and also browsers being contracted. But once I started like shooting my own stuff, it was having a possible resume. Cause honestly, if I was to like, you know, not have a contractor, you know, nothing like no company is shooting me or something like that. I still have my own personal brand that I, that, you know, you personally built. So I think everyone, if they have an OnlyFans, they should also get a website. I know that might sound like a lot, but at the end of the day, if you have an OnlyFans, you, you have a website. Cause that's literally people going to your, your site. So if you just duplicate that, there's, there's no, there's no problem with that. You, that's the same thing as if you're putting something important up, just, or you're putting something on Twitter, you just getting your content out there more and you're having your, that's you work on your brand. Like, even if this, even if you feel like, oh, I'm only going to get one follower, two follower, like that's, that's your baby. As much as you work on your only friends, baby, work on that personal site, baby. And that's, you can, you can grow that. I promise it, you know? So, yeah. yeah, that's just one of the things that I look back on because like I had launched a personal site under my first stage name like in 2014 and it grew and it had some success, but like it wasn't the right time in the market for people to want to be doing the subscription model. Like everything was like buying clips or live stream and it was really hard to maintain. And at a certain point, I was like, all right, I'm just going to kill this. I'm going to focus on cam and clips because that's where the money is right now. And I regret that so much because I had, you know, I had a fan base there. It would have continued to grow over a long enough time horizon. And then I would have had all that fan data, like their emails, their everything. And because I closed the site, I don't have any of that. So that's excellent advice because it's something I I regret personally looking back. So the next thing I kind of want to talk about is like around building your businesses. So how do you manage juggling like all of these elements of your brand you're a performer you've done you know director you have studios you've been an agent like how do you manage juggling all of these things if not me then who no um <laughs> i uh i know i think in in the whole um the destination that i want there's a lot of things that i have to do so it's just a matter of just like it's just all a part of journey i want if i want a community i know like during the covid times and doing like the black lives matter times it's about like uh, ownership having a say you have to be able to like you know be an owner or something so part of that was just like putting my head down working really hard and i wholly believe in like you know sacrificing uh years for like decades of, of joy 
So yeah. like putting my head down and knowing the goal and just enjoying the journey. Cause it's like, it's fun for me. Like I have two more sites coming this year and try to build a network. So like in like, another year from now, a year from now I have like four or five sites and then I'll be able to like put money in other people's pockets with four sites there. And I'll be producing for other companies. And it's just like, it's a matter of like being able to write out checks to people and they use that to like invest in their own selves and just continuing the line with that. So that's the goal. Well, with all of that being said, then what what right now, present day, does like a day in your life look like? Um, it changes like during depending on the week. Like I had the Ricky's Resort project, which kind of came out of nowhere because originally I had Ricky's Room, and then the next site I'm working on is called SexCapes.com, and then I wanted to do a project called Ricky's Resort, but then it became a big enough project to become a standalone site and something I can do multiple times a year. So it's mainly um, the Ricky's Resort site, uh, just to go off for a little bit. It's just uh, me having like 16, 17 uh, female models and then like nine guys. And it's a secluded space and everyone has uh, a wristband situation. So if you have a green wristband, that means you're you're uh, down to be uh, having sex and be on camera. A yellow wristband just means you want to um, uh, be on camera but not have sex. And a red wristband means like you don't want to be on camera nor have sex and i think that's just a cool concept in general for the industry sometimes in these kind of events because it helps people read the room and that's just a, a huge situation that i think is uh needs help with important is people being able to read the room even sometimes it's a blurred line because it's a sex same view of you're having sex here you still need to be able to read the room but yeah i'm going off um for a little bit of spazzing but uh it's another day of life just uh hang out with the homie working out I used to play video games, but now that I have these sites situations, it's mainly just uh, for probably the next six months is head down, locking in, and whenever I have free time, spending it with uh, my partner and my little one. So. Oh, I love that. So now with everything that you, you have going on in all these areas of your business, the studios, et cetera, can you tell us a little bit more about why you chose to venture into these specific businesses? Uh, in terms of agency and production? Yeah. Yeah, well, so in terms of agency, I, I want to be a proper gatekeeper and mentor with all the information that I'm learning. I want to be able to help other performers. And as an agent, I, I want to, like, you know, eventually have, like, a 360-type agency that, like, just provides stuff for talent and, like, a Soho house for porn, like, where it's just, like, you just have a community that's set up there, so it's just built for you to thrive. It's just, like, you know, putting into it the community just, just by you being better and just networking having a proper outlet information so i think part of the early process is that having agency and having network of sites and then once i build more you know places in the community for people to use then it's just a funnel yeah it sounds like you're super clear on your vision like for what you want in as terms of like an end game for this career do you feel like you you're super clear on that yeah yeah i think i want uh a six, seven site network, which I think is on me if, if I decide to do that. So I think I'm just in control of my career path at the moment doing that. I want to low key uh, make an award show. I think that would be cool. Or maybe invest in one currently. I don't know how the process of that. Uh, I want to be involved in like, you know, they have those like sex clubs, like kinky mm -hmm. rap and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I want to do one for like Ricky's room. I think that would be cool. Like a new sex club. Um, I have a strip club involved the hotel and mattresses I'm, I'm willing to like speak on my dreams and journeys just because like you know i'm standing on business with all that so if people want to like join or do it themselves i'm i'm, I'm privy to competition so it, you know it, it excites me but those those are all things in journey because i think sex industry is like a, a huge uh you know tree branch 
a tree and then like there's so many branches you can go from there and these are all outlets that like friends family and people in the industry can join in on you know so it's like it can really become a giant community of just like success if done properly absolutely and it is like a tree it's just like every vein can lead to multiple outlets and and i love that you spoke to that because i think that's what kind of things get me excited in business as well it's like i have this vision and then when we get there we can do all these other things and it doesn't have to be strictly to, to an adult it can be adult adjacent and i can bring in people i want to work with and have those experiences with the people that are meaningful to me so I totally get that. What advice would you give kind of the male performers listening today about expanding their brand beyond just making content? Yeah, I would say get yourself out there, you know, be a personality. Um, it's a hard game because some people are introverts and extroverts, but even as an introvert, you can do more like social stuff. You don't have to always go outside and stuff like that. You can do stuff inside. But also, to each his own, everyone has their own personality, their own way of doing it. But I would say a way to do it is just do more youtube stuff do more reels i think we're in it more of like a generation of uh just doing more because there's a youtube generation it's a tiktok generation it's less uh it's just more of a social generation so yeah so you, know, you spoke a lot about like being in service to others and it makes me curious do you have like a mentor or do you have anyone who's really helped guide you through your journey not a damn person no but um let me see uh no not really I did grow up, yeah, yeah, I grew up with a father on a personal level. I think just the world was my mentor. But there's, like, people who I look, I not look up to, who I'm like, okay. Like, in terms of porn, there's, like, one, uh, Kieran Lee. Mm -hmm. I like how he navigated porn, so I have respect for him. Not that I don't have respect for everybody else, but, like, that's someone that, like, I'm like, hey, you know what? Like, if he was to text me on the side and be like, hey, I would probably, like, okay, I hear what you're saying. Type yeah. Of yeah. Are there other, like, adult entrepreneurs you admire that have impacted you in any way? Um, I would say 50 Cent. Yeah, I would say 50 Cent is a solid role model. Okay. And then this, I mean, this seems clear to me, but I figure I'll ask, but do you consider yourself like a, a mission-driven person? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel like I'm on a mission. So that's why it's like head down and get after it. And then I'm curious too on this one, because I've been talking uh, with a lot of other people in the industry, creators, company owners, um, just people in general, Kind of about, you know, we're in a new year. What are the predictions you have for our space? So I was curious, do you have any predictions for the adult industry or adult creators? Or like, are there any shifts that you anticipate seeing in our space over the next few years? Okay, there's two shifts. One I feel like confident on, and the other one I'm like, I have no idea. But I think uh, because porn has become pretty much a monopoly, and even from like, you know, those on the outside not knowing, a lot of the bigger companies have eaten up other companies. So it's more so, not that you don't have any control, but let's say if one company's not rocking with you, that's a whole sublet of companies that you're not really rocking with. So it's important to have your own ownership brand off of that. But I think um, from a standpoint of uh, the industry and production, I think it's gonna be more of a trade. I think a lot of companies are gonna start doing trades with the models because a lot of, you know, a lot of models are branding themselves. If everybody brands themselves and unites in that term, then, the companies are going to be a little left to the uh, the wayside. So I think for them to stay is for the companies to turn themselves into content creators. So, um, and that's kind of what I do with Ricky's room. At this point in the stage, like it's, I'm doing more trades than paids and that's just on if the person wants to do a trade. So I allow them to have also the same content of Ricky's room. And it's, it's like, it's no, I don't feel like it's the money out of my pocket type situation. Like we're doing, uh, you know, collaboration together. So you deserve yeah. the same, uh, uh, product. 
And I think also in terms of AI, I don't know where that's going to go, but it's like use, use of people's likeness. So I also think it's a very important time to build your brand because this is a time and age where your brand will never die. So if you have like a year to just like, fuck it, let me put my head down and like give it every single thing I got and really play that game of life and you brand yourself, you're in an AI world where people get likeness and it's, it's a chance that you can just be at home while, you know, the AI version of you is just doing shit. If that's the type of time you're on, if you're not on that type of time, that's the whole different route and stuff like that. But I just think that's an option for those, some people maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's a side note too, but I'm curious, does the the like new stuff coming down the pipeline with AI, does that excite you in terms of like content creation? It scares me and excites me because it's like a matter of like, you know, misinformation and like you can make an AI character do whatever you want, but it's also, you can also utilize an AI character possibly to do things for you while you're not doing anything. Yeah, that's where I get torn on it as well because I'm like, the AI for me, like I don't make boy girl content, I'm solo and girl girl, but what if I could produce AI created boy girl content for the fan base that of mine that wants that? So like it opens up new doors, but at the same time, it's also pretty scary because it can yeah, get from me real fast. Yeah, and get away and then you might click on another site and there's you doing some shit you don't, you don't want to do and you're like, hey, yeah. whoa, whoa, I didn't sign up on that. Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so we're going to start bringing up some people, anyone that wants to speak with you directly or ask you some questions. But I did want to ask before we bring people up, if there is anything you could tell the people listening here today in terms of like one piece of advice, what would that be? I was looking at a Dave Chappelle special and it was a cool part. I'm probably going to butcher it, but he was talking about like being a dreamer and then also being humble enough to know where you're not in your own dream and you're somebody else's dream. So I don't know if that's too philosophical, but just like understanding like, you know, if you're a strong dreamer, Understanding when you're your dream and when you're in somebody else's dream. I love that. I love that you brought that up. I saw a special too, and that actually that one hit home for me too. Almost as a way to like stay humble and understand your presence in the world because you don't know how you're affecting the people around you. Exactly. So, yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, so we've got somebody requesting to come up. It looks like Foot Fetish Academy wants to come up, so I'm going to bring them up as speaker so that they can ask you anything they're interested in. Foot Fetish, you have the mic. Just unmute yourself and ask away. Yeah. Um, hey, Melrose. I used to, I'm on my other account. I used to be in here. Um, my name is the DC Foot Queen. I used to come in and ask about traveling and foot fetish content. I haven't been in for a little minute on a little hiatus. But uh, yeah, so I'm basically on my academy page and I wanted to, I'm so glad it was a point where Ricky was speaking and that's when I requested the mic. When you guys were talking about juggling all of your other businesses and kind of like branching out and having um, studios and things like that. Okay, so one thing that I've kind of been struggling with how do you guys deal with this, right? When you decide to do something very different, that kind of like something that you thought up and then having somebody or other people can copy it and do the same thing that you do. And then sometimes they actually get the credit for the idea or the credit for that thing. Um, and you don't, or you say something and then they take it and then they say it and they monetize it. Have y'all had that issue before? Uh, Ricky, you want to take this to start? Yeah, so are you talking in the realm of like you you put an idea out there in in the world and then like someone does that exact same idea and they're like getting more fruits for it than you are? Yeah, but not even more fruit. Sometimes that happened because I know I was speaking to somebody that said that they had like a course or a class and then somebody took their exact course of class and made another course of class, like something like that. Like as a, a foot fetish person, I've been in the foot fetish industry for eight years and uh, it's been really good to me and I have a lot of knowledge and 
and a lot of things that I want to share with people. But it seemed like when I started really mentoring people and starting my academy, now I've had issues where people that I mentored are now, oh, well, come to my mentorship. Like, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> what, you're selling the same shit I sold you. It's crazy. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a topic. I mean, in my opinion, that's a perspective because like, okay, if someone, you know, was to do a career in adult the exact same way and copy, I wouldn't take or do, you know, the same thing I did, I would look at it as a sign of like, you know, respect because they see that as working for you and they're just trying to, you know, live that life. And so they're just going to like follow your suit. So, but like, if you understand that you're the originator, then, you know, unless it's like taken from your pockets, then if it's taken from your pockets, I'm sure there's like legal ways to so do takedowns and stuff like that. But other than that, I think it's just a form of someone just like looking to make ends meet the same way and being like, I like I like what this person is doing. I think this is this is a way. Unless it's like your exact exact content, like you know your actual feet and stuff like that, and that's a whole different situation. Then you can get that shit taken out. Yeah, the I'll add that from my experience. So um, obviously with sex work CEO stuff, it's very educational based, and we put out a ton of stuff, and it's all for free. So like I'm not charging for courses or stuff like that. I want the education free because I, I mean that's the mission that we're on for sex work CEO specifically. And I've seen people and people will send it to me actually quite frequently um, that someone has taken something we put out for free and they're charging for it in a course. Um, and to Ricky's point, I do, I tend to accept that as flattery. So like obviously something we're saying has worked. They have taken the opportunity to monetize it. Like that's their prerogative in a way. It's public information. Um, I used to get frustrated by it, but ultimately I think that I believe enough in myself and in my mission that and also my ability to outlast. Like I am on this mission for the next decade. Like I, I plan to be here and doing this for forever. And most of those people that have, you know, come in and taken our material and tried to monetize it, they're already gone. Um, so I also believe in like, because I'm doing something that's bigger than myself and because I'm doing something that I'm going to do and I'm committed to doing for a long time that I really don't have to worry about when stuff like that pops up. Um, so you could definitely take that approach too. And ultimately there's room for everyone. Like I am, I'm, I love competition cause I'm very motivated by it, but also I do believe that it's, it's more collaboration over competition. So like, you know, there's, there's McDonald's and there's Wendy's and there's White Castle and there's, I'm probably showing my Northern side here, but like, there's all these restaurants, everyone eats. So it doesn't just have to be you doing it. Um, and also if you're the originator and if you really understand the market and you're really, you know, an educator in the fact that you're still active and you're still doing these things in these spaces, the the times will change. So the education will have to evolve. And if those people aren't actually qualified to be speaking to it beyond what they learn directly from you, they won't be able to evolve with it. So you have that ad advantage um, because you're the originator. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's a sign that you're killing it and just know yeah. you can go harder and it'll, you know, it'll work out. Absolutely, okay. Um, let's see, we got some other requests here. So let me start by bringing up, uh, we got Tony Orion. Let me add him to speak. Hi, Tony, you have the mic. Hi, guys. Thank you so much. This, everything I'm hearing today is so insightful. And I just want to, I have a few questions, a couple of questions for Ricky. Maybe Bren, I've been 10 years in the market I'm be, uh, as an adult entertainer. Uh, I actually got a Grabby Awards last year. I'm more focused on guy to guy. I never did uh, guy to girl. But in this past five years, I branched into the 
sex toy industry. And as a brand manager, I started creating a lot of educational content on how to use sex toys using my own channels, uh, uh, my only fans to show my subscribers how to, you know, use in different ways, have different ways to feel pleasure. But um, I thought I thought that would be beneficial maybe to use my social medias to create a more special uh, educational content. I, I got certified a sexual wellness coach that would allow me to even extend the uh, give opportunity to show on those socials in a more like say safe way because you cannot make anything explicit um to show anything explicit in the social channels so you start using like dildos how to use different uh, rings and cock rings and things like that and even extending to more the healthy part like you know bodybuilders that have have their uh, balls shrink during uh, HRT cycles or woman that suffers from pelvic pain and they have pro that we have sex toys that helps with uh, absorb the impact during deep penetration sex. It's have been a, like a difficult journey getting attention on those specific channels because I don't know if I'm doing this the right way. I think because of the limitations of the explicit content on this this socials i'm not getting a bigger visibility i even opened a, a shopify store to sell some specific products and extend the educational parts that i'm giving that i'm showing and it's a slow grow um i wanted to see if you guys have a different perspective on how to approach and maybe educate the subscribers and the fans and the followers in this kind of part of the business i would say off bat i heard the part you said it's a slow growth but it's still a growth so it, i would take it with the same respect as you would a brand because you're giving a lot of information it takes time for more and more people to hear what you're trying to say and people to like you know listen to what you what you're actually saying or even hear what you're saying because there's a lot of information on the internet in general and there's a lot of you know, at the end of the day, the basis of what most people are probably approaching your site for is uh, sexual activity. And then after that, they go into the basis of like, hell, what is this person talking about? So I just think continued, um, you know, branding the information that what you're saying, you still says a slow growth. That slow growth just turns to growth, growth, growth. And after a while, you have enough growth to, you know, use as capital and, you know, collab with other people, things like this coming in this platform and speaking on it because like, you know, all the stuff you spoke of is stuff I have no idea about. And it's stuff that I, you know, you share and help other people learn. Cause I'm sure it helps a lot of people in, in this world. So just, uh, you putting yourself out there is, is, uh, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll add to what Ricky said too. It sounds like at the core of what you're doing, it's, it's still a sex education brand. And then you have the toy component that you're going to monetize, like selling specific toys for specific, you know, sexual wellness pur like purposes. Um, two things that stood out to me, the selling the toys or opening the Shopify shop, slow grow, like Ricky said, really, really great. But also because it sounds like you're still in the building the audience phase, I wouldn't expect the store to kind of blow up until you've got the audience. So uh, my two cents would be focusing on like creating like reels, primarily real content on Instagram. That's just like you speaking and doing kind of sexual education for like kind of the things you mentioned. 
And then you'll start to attract that audience. And then once you've got enough of a following base and an audience base, you can then point them in the direction to the Shopify store so that they can get those sexual wellness tools for whatever their needs might be. I'd also suggest maybe breaking out your brand two different things. So like you've got the sexual wellness brand, which is X thing, and then you've got you uh, in the content you create as something separate just so that if one goes down, it's not impacting your whole business because um, that's obviously the risk we run as creators. So that's what I would add. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. Okay, well, I'm going to bring up Prince Puppy. You are brought up to speak and just make sure to unmute your mic once you connect here. All right, you're free to free to speak, Prince. Um, glad to be here. Um, thank you for making this space. And first, I wanted to give Ricky his flowers because I definitely been following you for a long time. And as a male content creator, um, even being straight and I'm on like the other end of it, I still respect what you're doing and I see the business part of it. Um, so kind of like my question is, I spent like a decade in entertainment and I kind of was scared to jump into this, you know, kind of on my own doing content because I always felt like, oh, I needed an extra backer or I needed to partner with somebody. So like, when did you decide like, I'm not going to be the talent no more. I'm, I got to create my own business. Or did you come into it knowing like eventually I need to do this and that the money that I'm making, is it like, is that going to fuel your businesses or are you actually taking on partnerships where people, you know, are owning like a percentage of your companies? How are you like doing that to be independent? Uh, I would say a mix of like all that. So um, I would say there was a point where, when I first got in the industry, something else I wanted to do was uh, do film, like be producing and like make movies and stuff like that. But I wanted to go the route of like understanding it from the scope of like even as talent and even from like the porn standpoint, because I thought it would be a great place to practice is in the porn community because uh, there's no heavy criticism on like if you're doing a porn movie. Like one of the things I want to do in the next couple of years is like fully invest a lot of money into like a porn movie and try to make it like one of those regular movies you see out there. And then just practice with that before I try it out on the big stage. And even take people that I'm doing with in the porn world and put them in the movie because if you have a capital, then like, it, you know, you can do it. Exactly. And not to you know, cut you off, but that was kind of like my process, my thought process, because I've met a lot of content creators who are talented. And eventually I would like to put them just in films and things, because a lot of the content creators, you know, that's kind of what they're gearing to is to do bigger productions and stuff. So I guess another thing that I'm taking it to is I, I could admire Cat Williams when he was talking about that, about him owning all of his productions and then he takes it and shops it to people. Um, I think that is like so important um, to do or whatever. So, okay. You know, uh, definitely. I think it's something that we definitely need to um, kind of own more of our content and stuff. So I do appreciate you sharing that knowledge. And I appreciate you. Thank you. For sure. Thank you. Did you want to also uh, comment, Ricky, if you do partnered and stuff for projects? Like I know for my businesses, I don't. I only have one business with a partner. Um, that's SWR Data. Just because personally, I'm a I'm kind of a control freak, so it kind of freaks me out to have other people involved with my babies. Um, but that's a, that's also like a self limiting belief. I need to work past my own my own issues. Um, but how do you navigate? Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Um, I'm not a control freak, but I'm re I've learned to be really good at delegating. But in terms of expansion and growth, you can't do everything by yourself. So like, it's definitely, I'm on the same point of like, I'm slowly teaming more and more with people. 
like uh i think you need to because if you want to if you want like if you want to eat as much as you got to eat with other people it's just it's a whole world out there you can't just like think you can take it off for yours the only way to expand is honestly by having a team in my opinion so i'm 100 percent down for teaming like you know like we're we're a teaming right now this is a, a team of us that's coming together to you know yeah. speak to more people and motivate others to team with other people is you know it's just a matter of just like finding people with like like minds getting together taking eagles aside knowing that me eating has nothing to do with you eating you can eat some delicious fucking food that maybe i've never seen and stuff i'll maybe i'll never have but that does not take away from my meal because i'm focusing on my plate and at the end of the day we're all focusing on our own plate we have our own families and it just it happens to be that we're all in the same community and we can come together and just make bread together so yeah for sure prince do you want to add something yeah just to add one more thing um i also know like like an entertainment that I do a lot of buyouts and stuff when I sign contracts and stuff like that. Is is there any companies that actually give you residuals or do you just know I'm I'm buying out for this? I'm really getting the exposure for this. Oh, you're saying in terms of mainstream, like when I do a yeah, mainstream like offering. Yeah, no, there's it's a it's a flat rate. Um something I was thinking about in terms of my own production is something in that way. That's why like you know in terms of i do a lot of trades sometimes because that's like a form of residuals because like i'm gonna get mine on my site and then you can get yours on whichever you do with it so um right. that's something i'm down for like uh thinking on how that works but cool. yeah, most part, I i've had contracts to where like this and this is like tv stuff but i feel like it all works the same like you said entertainment and porn like where you'll sign like the two-year contract and then like if they like if a site wants to re-promote that video then you get like an extra stipend or something from it but then it's like that two buyout and then you're kind of done yeah yeah so that that's the thing it's, it's complicated and porn because there's so many streams so right. like, that's why it has to be like you know super contracted out but I'm in the stands, so that's where I think trade is at. But for my businesses, I'm definitely, you know, wanting to look into some stuff. Because I do like the idea of, like, you know, people being able to constantly get residuals for the work they do. For sure. Okay, thank you all. For sure. Also, Prince, I know that uh, I'm consulting with some companies right now, um, like platform-wise, that they're looking yeah. to pay out creators residual for their content. So um, make sure you're following Texasio, because when we can speak publicly on those, we'll be screaming about it. Definitely. I'm following you. Thank you. Love it. Okay, Mr. Jack, you got the mic. Hi, hi, hi. How you doing? Um, so I'm looking for like uh, I other like Telegram groups where like I know I see the women doing it like the the, the post for post. Do you like know any of those for like men? Like any like Telegram groups where like they have like OnlyFans groups where it's like post for post. I don't, but you know that's also interesting. I see that. I know a lot of the women come together and they you know they they do that. I think some guys should do that as well. Maybe start one. That's a cool way to help your brand. Yeah, that was my question. And I was that's one of the things that I was looking for. The, uh, like the fellas that come together and like um like more groups that we can have uh together where we retweet and repost and shit like that. So Well, uh Mr. Jack, if you decide to to create something like that, DM us on Sex Rick CO. We'll we'll shout it out so you can get some more male performers involved. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Let me bring up Mo Don. Hey, how's it going? Going good. Good to have you. Great to be here. Great to be here. Ricky, um, like the gentleman was saying earlier, man, many flowers to you, man, what you have going on. Um, my question is kind of two-part. Uh, for male creators, how do we ensure that our co-stars' um, tests are recent and that they haven't had, like, sex um, before we do our scene? Um, there's a pass system. 
I believe there's been a lot of changes and stuff like that. But industry wide, there's a, a rule of thumb where you need to be 14 day tested and you have to uh, get it from clear testing or cutting edge technology. And so um, I would say if you're collaborating with someone, let them know like, you know, you're not going to collaborate with them unless they're getting uh, tested from those facilities or like or in general or whatever, like, you know, but from the like the porn world, it's like those three facilities and there's a lot of branches out there, you know, in Cali. But if you're shooting in a different state, might be different, uh, you know, rules, regulations. But uh, yeah, make sure someone's tested and if you see their results and do your own proper research in that. But from a, a porn mainstream level, we have three facilities that you can just call in and ensure that this is that person's uh, results. Okay. And also part two of that, you don't hear a lot about it, but I mean, I know there's also the possibility of your co-star getting pregnant. Um, do you guys write that in your contract or like, how do you protect yourself against that? If something like that was to occur to where the co-star wants to keep it or something like that? Yeah. See, that one, that's a, a charger to the game, fortunately. But I mean, maybe that's something like, cause you create your own paperwork when doing, uh, a, like, uh, exchanges with another talent, like if it's your own personal stuff, then maybe you can create something in your own contract and speak that to that person that's like an individual individual basis because like it's up to you to con like talk to the person you're working with and be like hey, are you on birth control if you are doing like you know cream pie type of situation and it's based on what they say it's that boundary so that's like a personal like if you come with someone and they're not on birth control then that's like a you're gonna get that possibility like if you fuck somebody in the ass it's possibly they might shit on you and it's not you know neither here nor there it's just what you signed up for type of situation but yeah i know people who have set babies and people who have had sex with someone did a cream pie and then they just you know now they have a kid it's just that's what life gave them so god appreciate your time man have a great day okay so many many creators um especially male creators tuned in so i'm super happy about that and then just creators in general are going to benefit from the insights that you shared here today ricky so i just want to sincerely thank you for your time and taking the time to sit down and do this with us i know that it may not seem like a lot right now, but this episode is going to have ripple effects and it's going to extend so far beyond this moment because there really isn't enough resources out there for male creators specifically. And you just kind of provided a roadmap. So thank you for doing this. And I really appreciate it. This is huge. Thank you for giving me the time and the space. And I love what you're doing by giving other people like spaces on a weekly basis. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. CFT time. So. <laughs> Your time, yeah. Yeah, CT time. So... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no you're you're really uh cool really goat you know so appreciate, appreciate you for that. helping the community appreciate that can you uh rattle off your socials and any projects you're working on that you want people to know about okay so my socials for uh twitter and instagram are ricky behavior my only fans is ricky behavior and ricky's hub my website is ricky's room.com and in like six months, it'll be uh, ricky'sresort.com and sextape.com. And yeah, also catch stuff I shoot at Brazzers and Reality Kings. And oh, and I'm also an agent. So if you're a male creator or uh, a female creator or any type of creator and you're interested, you know, put an application in with Hussey. I'm one of the agents over there. That's the slow, I, I, I give time to that. And this is probably going to be my last year performing. So once that's done, I'm going to pull a lot more focus into like behind the scenes and doing stuff from an agency standpoint and uh, and a uh, producing standpoint. But yeah, that's everything. Awesome, awesome. No, and you're, I'm sure you're gonna get flooded with DMs from creators that, that wanna representation. So this will be great. <laughs> yeah, let's grow together, baby. Let's do it. Okay, awesome. So 
as many of you listening have seen, uh, we have begun putting a ton of new content out over on our YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube, please make sure you do that and have notifications turned on so that you never miss a course. One of our recent videos was about fans revenue and it's gotten a ton of feedback and it seems like many adult creators aren't aware of the money that they're leaving on the table by not building out an affiliate business alongside their adult ones. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about or what any of that means, that fans revenue video is going to blow your mind. As always, huge thank you to everyone who subscribed to Sexrexio's Telegram bot already. If you haven't already heard, we released a Telegram bot that essentially sends you your daily content inspiration and all of the captions you need for your feed, PPV lack messages, clip stores, etc. The ideas are researched to be highly desirable from your fans and what they're currently searching for. And the captions are optimized with calls to action so that you can increase your earning and unlock potential with each one. The Telegram bot pushes your daily dose of inspiration to your phone every day around 10 a.m. Central Standard Time so that you no longer have to waste your time researching, planning, or coming up with content ideas or captions. The bot takes care of all of it. And if you are not a Telegram user or would prefer PDF download versions of the content and spoken captions, you can now get that right over on sexworkco.com forward slash shop. We recently launched our store website with PDF downloads of the same content and spoken captions featured in our Telegram bot. So we have additional downloads there as well, which would be things like unlock sales scripts and sales objection scripts to help you close the deal with fans and PPVs. And if you want to get a taste of what we offer without spending a dime, there are completely free PDF downloads waiting there for you as well. One of them is a 15 free solo content creator ideas and captions, and another one is a scene planner, and there are so many more. So head over to sexworkco.com shop after the space if you're interested. Want to take this opportunity one last time to draw your attention about SWR Data, my other company, in case you're not familiar. SWR Data is on a mission to survey adult creators like you. We want to hear your feedback about the challenges you face in the adult industry so that we can better serve your needs. Our goal is to collect your experiences, your opinions, and your observations about the current state of the adult industry. We'll use this data to advocate for necessary changes to make it a better place for us, the creators. The reality is a lot of the people in power have never been creators and simply don't have the lens to know what our needs are. SWR data is that lens. However, I can't do it alone and I genuinely need your help. So for that reason, if you are interested and willing to participate in our qualifying survey, which helps us understand your expertise as an adult creator, by taking the survey, you can then start participating in future paid surveys. Our ultimate aim is that the CEO squad has an additional stream of income just through taking SWR Data's surveys alone. Your experience as a creator is valuable, and I think it's time you get paid for it. Lastly, but most importantly, I want to emphasize that all of the information we put out on SexWorkCO, we put out for free because we believe in this idea that the more financially successful creators are, the more resources we will have as a community to do things like lobby Congress, impact policy, organize, and more. So if you find value in the content you heard here today or the tweets that you've engaged with, please, please, please consider sharing this to make the journey easier for your own adult creator friends. Our only ask is that you retweet and share our stuff so that we can help as many people as possible. That brings us to the end of today's space. Huge thank you to everyone that joined in, especially Ricky. Remember that all of these are turned into blog posts and available over on sexworkco.com. So if you wanted to revisit anything we talked about today, you can catch it there in a later date um, beyond this episode. Thank you so much, Ricky. We out of here. And also that affiliate marketing stuff, really get into that. That's where the bag's at. All right, bye. <laughs> bye, guys. It would be absolutely incredible 
If you rated this podcast five stars and left a little review, we want to get this podcast to as many adult creators as possible. And you taking a second to leave a couple stars in a review really helps us do that. Thanks so much.